Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. What a show have I got for you today. Well, I am excited, jazzed, enthralled. With me today, I've got someone who is so prolific in the entertainment field. It is unbelievable. You may already be recognizing the man that is sitting adjacent to me. And if you're not, I'm kind of, if you're not, I'm really disappointed because you, my audience, should know a whole lot about entertainment. But let me go back a little bit because my guest with me has been in the entertainment industry for many, many years. In fact, he has been, oh gosh, I'm so excited about this. He's been in Swan's Crossing. Um, he's been a, a regular on Shameless. He has been in labor pains. He has also been um, in Hallmark, uh, on the Hallmark channel as a guest in different shows. But, oh my gosh, he's even been, are you familiar with Without a Trace? Yes, you should mm -hmm. know him from there. He starred on that as well. And many, many other television shows and genres all across the channels. And you will you will not have forgotten, forgotten his face once you've seen him and you will really be captured by this man's acting work. He is really good at what he does, so much so that many people seek him out to become a better actor and entertainer. And he has worked with so many people and I could tell you all of them because, well, not all of them, but I can tell <laughs> ones that are so known in the industry, but I'm not going to do that. No, I'm going to let him share because I really want him to let out the passion on who these people are and what an honor not only is it for him to be here, but to share those things with you. And so there is so much to him. He's an actor, an entertainer, an acting coach. He has his own coaching business, but what he shares most is his passion for acting. And that is foremost his primary role. And so without any further ado with me today, Barry Papkett, Papik, welcome to the show. Hi, I am Rebecca. so excited. I am so excited to be here. I think this is fantastic. Me too. There is so much about everything that you're doing, but let's go back because you've been doing acting for so long, over 35 years. That's let's right. keep, I mean, I can go way back. So without really, a woman never shares her age, but I'm not even going to ask yours, but let's just go back to, let's, when you first started getting into acting, how, how did you kind of know this is what you wanted to do? Let me first say that I'm just amazed at how beautiful you are. Aww, uh, you. you know, I, it, it, you're really gorgeous. And um, I started acting right when I graduated from college. I graduated from college, believe it or not, with an English degree and a political science degree. Oh, and, this is interesting. Uh, and I moved to New York uh, with some friends of mine. And, and um, I met a man named Lee Strasberg. Mm -hmm. And Lee Strasberg was just the greatest teacher in the world at the time. And I got into his class and he really took me under his wing and I knew that I wanted to be an actor for the rest of my life. Um, and I, I was in New York at a really fervent time. Uh, I studied with uh, Lee and I studied with Uta Hagen and Stella Adler. And you know, those were the, the great names in acting at the time. And 
it was just the most exciting thing. Uh, back when I was young, you know, we didn't even think about working until we understood the craft. And Lee used to say it takes that an actor 10 years to understand the craft. I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, it was it was amazing to study with Lee and, and it was really incredible uh, to study with Uda and, and, and Stella and Elaine Aiken. So it was a really great time in New York. And um, that's what set me off. That's what got me excited about acting. Uh-huh. And there it was. You have the passion and there you go. You took off. So did you start really getting into acting in theater in New York? Or did you start getting roles on shows? Well, I, I ended up doing 40 plays in New York. Uh-huh. And what I, what I would do is I, I would do theater um, whenever I did a movie and I, I would take the money from the movie or, or the television show and, uh, you know, and I put it into theater. Uh, I met a casting director in New York, a woman named Phyllis Huffman, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And uh, she uh, cast me in a show called Swan's Crossing. Um, I did 65 episodes of Swan, Swan's Crossing with uh, me and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and Brittany Daniels and Mira Savino. It was, it was amazing. It was just the worst show on television, but <laughs> so much fun to do. And, uh, you know, I took the money that I made from that, which, which was a good amount of money, and I put it into theater. And uh, I produced things like Waiting for Lefty. Um, and uh, I was in uh, a play called How Soon Is Now, which was off-Broadway. We did a bunch of off-Broadway plays, did some Saroyan plays, did some Tennessee Williams plays. And um, just loved being in New York and loved being up on stage. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can feel it as you're talking and just the passion just from then. Do you still hold that same flame? I do. You know, um, the, the way that I keep that passion is because, well, first of all, I love to act. I, I've been very blessed in my life. I, I just love to act. Um, and secondly, I, I love to work with actors. And I, I've been coaching actors now for uh, about 25 years. Um, I started, I was walking down the block in New York City and I bumped into an old teacher of mine, a woman named Susan Cohen. Um, and she was uh, opening a studio with John Strasberg, Lee's son. And she said to me, would you like to come teach at the studio? And I was like, uh, no, I never want to teach. <laughs> and she said, just, just come teach a Saturday class. And I did. And I've been doing it ever since. And it's been amazing. And, and then I met uh, Gus Van Zant, and Gus had asked me to come on uh, his set of Finding Forrester and be the acting coach on the set. So I worked with uh, Sean Connery and F. Murray Abraham and Rob Brown, uh, which was amazing. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, other, uh, and I've always worked word of mouth, you know, other directors heard about me because I worked with Gus and uh, I, I started to uh, work on sets and um, I, I started to work with other actors. I, you know, I work with, uh, I've worked with Alec Baldwin. I've worked with uh, Sonia Sohn, who I, I worked with Sonia for 25 years. She was on uh, uh, The Wire and should have won an Emmy on The Wire. And, uh, you know, she was on Body of Proof and uh, we still work together today. And uh, I worked with Jamie Foxx. Um, I was hired to, to coach Jamie on um, Ray, uh, which we won an Oscar for. So uh, I, I've been really lucky. I, I work uh, with a, a guy named Riza, who's the head of the Wu-Tang Clan. And um, we do, I do a lot of coaching, uh, a lot of individual coaching, a lot of technique coaching, 
And, um, you know, I, I've been coaching Eric Benet, um, who uh, is doing a movie. He's an R&B singer. Uh, I, I worked with one of the Fifth Harmony. Um, and uh, it's a funny story. When I, I, I wrote on my Twitter one day, just off the cuff, oh, I'm coaching a girl from Fifth Harmony. And I got about 100,000 hits that day. And, oh, my goodness. And 10,000 new followers. Just, yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it's been pretty fantastic. And, you know, I just love working with actors. And in the meantime, you know, I, I still make movies and, I, I, you know, I still act myself. Uh, I, I was in a movie called Private Parts with Howard Stern. Yes. Uh, which was a very popular film. And I was in a movie called Simone with Al Pacino, which was a very popular film. Let me ask you a little bit about that because that Al Pacino's films are very intense. Was there? Very. Yes. So tell me how that is for you because you are really very versatile in your roles. And when you go for something that is far more intense because that really takes a lot. Um, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It, it was exciting. I, I'll tell you, um, I, you know, Al and I, come from the same background. You know, we were both Strasbourgian and we both sort of started in the same place. So it was really exciting to work with Al. You know, he was an icon. Um, the difference was I had just come from doing a movie with Sean Connery and Sean liked to do three takes and get out of there. Okay. And, and Al likes to do 60 takes and, of everything. Uh -huh. so, uh, you know, it was really exciting. You know, people ask me, like, weren't you bored doing 60 takes? And I go, hey, if you could be bored working with Al Pacino, then you're probably <laughs> in the wrong business. You know? Well, you know, that is really an interesting thing to think about in an actor's perspective. Because yep. when one really wants to deliver a message to the audience in a specific way and they want to really hit home, they're, they're dedicated in making sure that that delivery is absolutely so specific. And when you're telling me 60 takes, that to me says absolute dedication to making sure that whoever wrote and directed, produced and directed. And now as an actor, I am, I am supposed to deliver this a specific way. I need to ensure that I do that. I mean, this is, to me, is absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's great. And, you know, there, there's a difference. Working with a guy like Sean Connery, you know, he comes to set. He so knows what he wants to do. He's very specific. And, and he does it and he wants to get out of there. And I, I think that's great. Uh, going to a set with Al Pacino, he wants to play. He wants to find things. And, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, so, so they're both incredibly wonderful. Uh, just they just try things in different ways, you know. Yeah. I, I loved working with Pacino, and and you know it, it was just so much fun. It, it was so much fun to just play with things and try things in different uh, ways and see what works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I feel sorry I, for the editors, of course, because oh, yeah. they have to go through all of that. Yes, there a lot in post production. Absolutely, absolutely, and I could see on someone like Sean Connery, maybe at home he's taken and rehearsed and studied and, uh, and and done that so that maybe he's not, you know, wasting, and I don't mean that in a, a really negative um, connotation, but really ensuring that when he comes um, on and it's, it's showtime that he's really delivering. He's so prepared. 
really delivering. Yeah. yeah. And not to say either way, either method is one way or, or another, but e both of them have their own method in getting that. And it's really neat to hear you share this because we don't, we don't see this. We only get the hour and a half or the two hours, or if it's a, you know, if it's a series, um, then the 30 minutes or whatever. Right. But that's all we see on this side. So I think that this is very fascinating. And you now, not only as an actor yourself, but as an acting coach, both of these things you get to see in a lot of different angles, a lot of different lights. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. When I was on set with uh, Finding Forest, I was working with uh, three Academy Award winners. And, you know, Sean and uh, F. Murray Abraham and, and Anna Paquin. And the thing that I found is that everybody wants, you know, a little bit of help. Everybody wants uh, some adjustments. And, you know, Lee Strasberg used to say, there are no great actors. There's only actors who make great choices. And, and that's all I do is I, I help actors make choices. And, uh, you know, um, I, I lead them into a, a direction that, that the script goes and you know hopefully I understand the script uh, better than anybody I, I, I read it certainly more than anybody and uh, you know I, I take the actors into that into the direction uh, that we're supposed to go into and uh, you know I've been really blessed that I've worked with great actors uh, you know Sean Connery, Dennis Quaid, um, Rock Dutton you know I mean just great actors Jamie Foxx who really want, you know, uh, to, to be directed and, and want, uh, you know, to find new things in, in what they do. And, uh, you know, they come to set with one set of choices. I come to set with uh, other choices and we see what works. Well, there's two shows that I think a lot of people are really knowledgeable about in this age, two of them, Malcolm in the Middle and Burn Notice. Tell me a little bit about your own set uh, coaching there? Well, you know, with Malcolm in the middle, um, I, I was coaching uh, a, a couple of the actors uh, and it, it was really just, it was so much fun. It, it's, you know, working on a sitcom is so different because it's about timing. It's about reversals. So it, it's, it's really, you know, it, it's just so different. And then with uh, Burn Notice, you know, I was working with Sonia Sohn, who uh, is just a terrific yeah. actress. And, and Sonia is, is one who takes uh, you know, um, adjustments really well. So she can really be amazing at one thing. And then you give her a little adjustment and all of a sudden it just opens things up. So mm. Burn Notice was a lot of fun to work on. And we were on Burn Notice for a year. And uh, Malcolm in the Middle, um, it, it was just, it, you know, it, it was fun. It was silly. It, it was light. And, uh, you know, so coaching on those were fantastic. What a contrast. They mean, just all of the different areas of acting that you have been able to not only be involved with, but exposed to and helped others be able to really expand their acting careers. This has got to be very rewarding for you. It is. It is. It, it's wonderful. And, you know, like I say, um, the reason I do it is because I love actors. And, um, you know, to see an actor really reach, uh, you know, their ultimate uh, excellence is exactly what I'm looking for. And, uh, and, and it's just so exciting. I, I, I was the, the onset coach for a movie called The Express. And uh, often, you know, I was working with incredible actors, uh, Saul Rubinak and Dennis Quaid, uh, Clancy Brown. 
And often, you know, it's just a, a, a little bit, a little word here, uh, something there that says, oh, okay, let's just do this a little bit differently. Let's just look at this scene a little bit differently. And uh, it's always really exciting. So let me ask you, when you were on set, whether it's theater, whether it's on a movie or a sitcom, what do you think the biggest challenge is? Do you think it's set setup? Do you think it's, I mean, what do you think is the biggest challenge that an actor faces once they're ready in, right before action? You know, take <laughs> one, take two, whatever the case, or 25 or 60, you know, for that matter. I think the most exciting thing is uh, finding what the director wants. Because, okay. you know, as actors, we're all just pawns in this game. And, you know, the, whether you're doing a play, you know, whether you know, you're doing um, a film, it's the director's vision. And now usually when you're doing television, it's much more of a producer's vision. And when you're doing play, it's much more of the writer's vision. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, but you still have the director there and you still want to fulfill, you know, uh, the things that the, the director, uh, you know, uh, is aiming for. So, um, you know, the, the real, you know, I, I think communication is just so important. And, and the real trick is to be able to communicate with the director and understand where they're going and what they want. Uh -huh. well, I've been that, blessed to work with great directors, by the way. That is pretty interesting to note. And so you, though, are still on the move with your coaching business, but you Absolutely. are also working on a pilot right now. I am. Do tell. I am. I, I just finished uh, doing a pilot for NBC, and and, and that was a blast. And um, I just signed to do a movie um, in June with a director named Thomas Churchill. And Thomas also wrote the movie, and he's fantastic. We did a movie together last year called Nation's Fire uh, with uh, Bruce Dern and Gil Bellows, and uh, it should be coming out soon. It's really exciting. And um, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, it, it's nice to work with somebody that you feel comfortable with, like, like I feel comfortable with Thomas. Uh, we have a shorthand. It's very easy to, to work as a director and actor uh, with somebody like that uh, because we understand each other. And um, I, I'm really looking forward to, to doing that film. I am looking forward to seeing what you have coming out and your upcoming film, but you also have a stage play as well. I do. I have a couple stage plays. Um, I, I wrote a play called Ruby's Arms, uh, which we're putting up uh, very shortly. And I have an incredible cast, uh, a couple Emmy winners, um, fantastic cast for that. And uh, we're just raising the money for it now. Uh, it's 30 monologues connected by dialogue and 10 songs. Ooh. Uh, about uh, a piano player who comes to Los Angeles to, to become a star and runs into some problems. Uh, so Ruby's Arms is uh, something that I'm really excited about. Um, I wrote a pilot uh, called Pearl, which I'm really excited about and we're trying to sell right now. Um, it's uh, centered uh, around uh, an older woman and um, there's not a lot of pilots, I think, that are centered around older women. And, and it's, it's a very female-centric um, piece, and I, I really love it. And uh, I'm doing, um, I'll be on stage in May uh, for uh, a project called Homeward LA, uh, where I play a uh, homeless uh, alcoholic who, uh, you know, has sobered up enough to um, 
you know, uh, to uh, write to his mother and, and, and tell him, you know, where she's, where, where he's been. So it, it's a really exciting project. They're doing it all over Los Angeles and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing it. Well, I'm anxious to see a lot of these things that you have coming out. I mean, let me just tell you, Barry, if I have, so in the meantime, while I'm waiting for these things to come out, absolutely, get a lot of Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, you're everywhere. I can watch a lot of your past work while I'm waiting for your upcoming work. And if I'm so inspired that I want to get into acting, tell my audience where they can get involved with your coaching. Absolutely. Uh, they can contact me at bpapic at aol.com at, at any time, bpapic at aol.com. Um, I, uh, I teach a class on Monday nights and it's an incredible class, very passionate actors. Um, I really love it. I, they, I, um, I, I do all kinds of private coaching. Um, you know, like I said, technique coaching, audition coaching and coaching when you've already booked something. Um, so, you know, uh, bpapakitaol.com is an easy way to get in touch with me. Um, the studio number is 818-590-3999. And that's an easy way to get in touch with me. My website is barrypapik.com. And uh, it has a lot of my coaching stuff on there. And it also has a lot of my acting stuff on there. So my, my acting reels are on there. So you can see who you're working with. And I always say work with a, a working actor because they understand what you're going through on a, uh, on a daily basis. Um, I have a movie coming out next month, by the way, called Bolden, uh, which I was on the, um, I, I, was, I was coaching on. And oh. Bolden uh, has been 12 years in the making. And 12 it, years? 12 years. And I didn't it, realize that. It, you know, it's not a studio film. Uh, it, it's an individually financed film. Uh, it, it's an incredible amount of money has, been, has gone into it. And uh, it, it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. I, I saw the first um, cut of it last week. And it, it's, it's really amazing and very different. It, it's it, it's going to be opening on 300 screens in May. And okay. I'm really excited about it. So on the 300 screens, is it, uh, and it's an independent film, where are we going to be looking for it? Uh, in, in all of the landmark th um, okay. uh, uh, theaters. So you'll be able to see it all over the country. And uh, it, it's, it's got some wonderful names in it. And besides that, it, it's just a really beautiful film. It, it's something that's sort of never been done before. It's the story of Buddy Bolden, uh, who invented jazz. And uh, it, it's just really beautiful. I, I think it's going to be, uh, Wynton Marsalis did all of the music for it. And I think it's going to be accepted really well. It's, it's very different. Well, for a movie to spend 12 years in production, that is, I mean, this is a long very, time. very long time, very well thought out, specifically plans. I mean, I'm guessing locations and actors. And there's a lot that has really gone into this for, for something that has been condensed down. So the director is, is a guy named Dan Pritzker. And, and uh, he also co-wrote the film and it's, it's, he, he did an incredibly wonderful job. He worked really hard. It was his first film and uh, he was learning, you know, he, he was a, he had a band called Sonia Dada and he was the lead guitarist and, and writer and just decided that this was a subject that had to be 
um, touched and uh, upon, and, and he, he did, and he was phenomenal. What I like about what you just said is this has never been done, and this was a subject that needed to be touched upon, and I really like to share that type of attitude and mentality with my audience because I really strive in helping people to get out there and move forward with different things. Don't ever give up with things. Don't ever think that you can't. And one of the things this specifically says is that, and the other thing that I really want to point out is with your acting coaching is if you were to talk to the audience now, what would you say to inspire them? If they even thought, this is an industry that I'd like to get into, and I'm, I'm not sure. I think I could, but, well, I don't know. I always say this. I say, I can make an average actor good, and I can make a good actor great, and I can make a great actor an Oscar winner. And mm -hmm. I've done that in the past. And, um, you know, so I, I think that, Acting, if you have a passion for it, it's the greatest living you can make. Now, I think that you have to have a passion for it. I think acting is a lifestyle. It's not just a career. So uh, if this is something that you've wanted to do, you should try it. Um, I have somebody in my class. Um, he's from Israel. Uh, he was a businessman. He always wanted to be an actor. And he's become a successful businessman and he decided that now is the time. I also had a, a guy in my class who, uh, whose face you would recognize, he worked all the time. He was Andy Warhol's private photographer. And he was also a photographer for Interview Magazine. And he decided that he wanted to be an actor. And actually Alec Baldwin sent him to me. And uh, he studied with me for 10 years and worked on every episodic you can imagine uh, and a, a couple huge films. So um, if, it's what, if it's your passion, if it's something that you love, then you should really try to do it. It's a, it's a tough way to make a living, but there's nothing more exciting. I, I would have to agree with you. I know about Hollywood. I know about entertainment and it can be very, very exciting. And I also know about going after your dream and your passion and merging those two things, I would have to agree with you on. So I want to thank you so much for being here, Barry. And I really want to ensure that the audience gets a, an opportunity to connect with you. So I'm going to ask you to share your information again. Okay. Um, you can contact me at bpapic, B-P-A-P-I-C-K at AOL.com or 818-590-3999 or barrypapic.com. And uh, if acting is something that you've thought of or, or, or something that you love, you know, come see me and uh, we'll make it work. Barry, this has been an honor and a pleasure. I am so glad to have you today. Rebecca, this was so much fun. I can't believe that it's over. I look forward to talking to you again. Likewise so much. I will have you back, believe me. Okay. I look forward to it. Pulling you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in. This has been Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Don't forget to share this with all of your friends, family, coworkers, everybody you know on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or every other social media out there. Share this and share your passion. Get connected.
Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. I am so excited today because with me, I have got somebody all the way from Canada who's a top entertainer and comedian. Oh yes, he's been entertaining all across Northern America. Oh gosh, for at least 20 years. Yes, at least 20 years. He's appeared with live with uh, Kelly and Regis. Yes, if you have tuned into that, you may have even seen him. And I hope that you have. If you happen to have missed it, you don't want to miss today's show because I've got to tell you, he is an incredible entertainer. And not only that, but he has his own show. He's actually uh, been having his own show for many, many years now and has won awards for what he's been doing. He's had Oh, even back in 2015, had already hit his eighth season. So it's probably at least, well, he's going to tell us how many seasons he's in now. Because I can't even count how many that's been now. But I would say that's almost, what, 12 now or something. But at any rate, he's performed all across Northern America. And he's been singing in comedy shows. He's done Elvis, Dolly Parton, uh, Sonny and Cher. Let's see, Tina Turner. Oh, and I would love to see that walk, but I don't think we're going to get him to do it today. But at any rate, without any further to do, with us today is Joe Crawford, all the way from Canada. Welcome, Joe. Hey, how are you doing? I am so, I am ecstatic to have you on the show today. That's how I'm doing. I have so many things that I have to say. Oh, jeez. Yes, because I've heard so many good things. And so let me first start with you're a radio show host. You have awards for your show and you already, how many seasons has it been already that you have had your your show? Yeah, currently we're, we're right now in our 12th season, just about a few more months uh, left to do. But yeah, we're in the boat, the middle of our 12th season right now. Mm -hmm. See, this is incredible. That's a lot of seasons to do. I mean, a lot of people don't understand how long a season is, and that's a lot of episodes um, of being on air. And Absolutely. a lot of guests and a lot of research and a lot of comedy and a lot of um, information that you have to deliver to your audiences. And it's a lot of work to do that and to stay on air and to do it well and to do it in a way that you have done, which has launched you into really hitting it big in a lot of ways. In fact, you have even been um, doing performances at a casino. Yeah. Um Basically, that was uh, that was singing with Regis Philbin at the casino here locally. A lot of entertainment at the Falls View Casino here. And that's where I get a lot of our guests from as well to interview on the show. And if they don't come to Niagara Falls, that's fine as well. Uh, whether they have a movie or a book or comedy act that they're doing or tour or whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, but I'd say about a good 25-30% of my guests from the Joe show are actually uh, acts that show up at the casino and then I end up singing one year uh, with Regis around Christmas time it was because we did a couple Christmas songs there. I absolutely love it. How did you get started in singing? I got into music when I was eight so that's going back okay. <laughs> I'm almost 30 years. I'm 35 this year so but yeah, so and then uh, just musically into piano playing, and um, and then that was happening at the age of ten, and 
what happened was I was actually started uh, singing while playing about halfway through. Uh, so maybe about 13, 14 going through. And then actually doing singing comedy shows is when I was about 18 years old. So I've been doing that for almost uh, uh, going on 15 years almost now there. So, yeah. This is pretty neat. How did you end up combining your talents and getting gigs with celebrities? Because a lot of people are like, okay, I would give anything to do that. And how is it that that happens? Yeah, well, this is uh, it was a pure luck uh, to sing with uh, Regis for that one there, um, and, a, and a little bit of meeting him. Before. I ended up meeting Regis uh, a couple of years prior to that at another location here in Canada that he was performing at and had a drink with him and talked for about maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then at that time told him what I did and do in that. And fast forward a few years and then he is uh, performing in near my hometown and end up bringing a package. I just recorded a Christmas CD and a photo of me and him. If he remembered who I was and gave that to the uh, venue to say, look at, this is for Regis, and he's expecting it, but he wasn't expecting it. So I told a little white lie there, just a wee little white lie. But then anyways, what happened was they gave it to him, and I was in the second row from the stage, and Regis is stopping to take a drink of water in between speaking and singing, and I just yelled out, hey, Regis, Joe Crawford loves you. And he said, oh, hey, Joe, I remember you. I got your stuff in that. Why don't you come up on stage? And then we started from there, started singing. So it was kind of a little pure look and also meeting him a few years back as well. But it sounds like persistence. I mean, yeah. you, were, you yeah. were really getting that out there and following up. And a lot of people, they tend to forget that follow-up is important. And you can follow up in a lot of different ways. And that, that really is neat. And then you went from there to what in 2007 creating your show. Yeah, the 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 Joe show. So I worked in terrestrial radio and I went to school for broadcasting and television and radio and film and then majored into presentation in that part and worked in a terrestrial radio station uh, for about I was there for about a year and a half, left them due to personal reasons. My grandma got sick, one family car, couldn't drive out of town. So basically I was like, what can I do for my own radio show or figure out? And about 12 years ago, 12 and a half years ago, there was an audio blog site that would allow you to do a half hour, once a month kind of deal for free because I was cheap. And so <laughs> I was like, all right, so this is good. Once a month, half hour, why not? And the same thing with persistence is that even though I was just starting out, yeah, I, I got lucky. I got the amazing Kreskin on in the first season and Howie Mandel, where I only had listeners back then of if I was lucky in the triple digits of like hundreds of people. And so I'm like, oh, this is good. This is neat. And I started gaining some more listenership as some guests came along, how they decided and say, yeah, we want to go on my show. I guess I really pitched the show very well to them that interested in, into being a guest and about four seasons or four years. So an, uh, a radio station out of the States messaged me and said, we love how you conduct yourself with the celebrities and your interviews and things like that. We would like you to be with us. And I said, Oh, okay, no problem. And they said, well, we're not quite ready to launch yet. Our, it was a strictly internet radio based 
radio station. And I said, okay, well, whenever you're ready, let me know. Then I had the opportunity to interview Alan Thicke, John oh. Tesh, and a Canadian musician by the name of John Sands on an on-live location. And these interviews were going to be done over the phone, but we were going to be on live location with a business. I was going to do a show as we mingled that all together of entertaining. And I got a hold of the radio station and said, if you can get me up at this date, this time to be ready to go, I'm yours. And about in that fourth season, they were just about the end of fourth season, beginning of the fifth season, I think it was. And uh, they had me up and running and I've been with them ever since. And I've gone from weekly to I've done five nights a week. I've done one hour a week. Now the Joe shows and it's a uh, two hour uh, once a week with repeats four times a day. And then I've now almost am at with all the shows collaborated together, almost at about 400 shows that uh, I think by the end of this season, which will be towards the end of June, we're looking at about maybe uh, just shy about four or five sub episodes of 400 episodes. So yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And a lot of times I don't think people realize that, I mean, terrestrial radio is a great platform, but internet radio has really taken off. Um, uh, I just by leaps and bounds. In fact, that's what got me started in, and it's kind of the same how I got started. I, I, I was going to the studio and I was like, okay, well, I, I can't afford studio time, but I ended up paying for airtime at one point from home. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And then I was like, I just can't do this, but I still need to get my message out there. And, and then, you know, things just kind of happen, but yours is doing really, really well, but you've got a lot of talent behind what you do impersonations. Are you doing a lot of this on your shows? Uh, the, uh, the personations of that I do, I don't do on the, uh, on the radio show per se. It's more of a video thing. If people go to my website, joecrawfordlive.com, they can see a, a little demo reel there of 10 minutes of a little touch of everything that I do there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a little quick plug. I'm going to do that too, but, Perfect. uh, but yeah, so the, the, um, the Elvis and the Dolly Parton and that with the costumes that they're all musically done to go see the singing comedy show, the radio show, not so much because there's so much to fit in two hours with guests and that. And, and this is like you said to internet radio uh, slash satellite radio. One of my favorite people that I love that does interviews is Howard Stern. Not so much. Okay. The uncensoredness of it all, but the lengths of them, they can be 78 five minutes and it's indulging and informative and, and all that stuff where the, the Joe show, we kind of do that as well. Okay. We're restricted now to two fifty-seven minute hours because of the news at the top of the hour, but then whatever is not able, cause I had to edit it out. will then go up as a podcast archived afterwards on iTunes and iHeartRadio. So okay. the Joe show, yeah. So we, so if I did an interview with you, which I want to have you on my show, we could do an interview for like 35, 40 minutes and maybe only 28 minutes be used of that on right. the actual revealing talk radio station. But then you go to the archive section afterwards, you'll actually hear the whole full interview with Rebecca and not miss anything of everything. So yeah. So it's That's beautiful. Really neat. That's actually a, a really neat thing to do. I don't know how many stations actually do that um, where they end up, playing a certain amount and then you can get the archive show. I mean, a lot of times so much is lost. Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned too, is that you go and you have the content and it's nonstop. I can't tell you how often 
radio show hosts or hosts in general will struggle to reach the two hour mark. They have a slot of a two hour show and they're really struggling for content and they, wow. yeah, they're really struggling and it kind of, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it, it's sad to say because you, you can really, really make a show drive home an audience and hit them with inspirational things, with comedy, with information that really be pertinent to some of the things that will help them, you know, be more educated about something or whatever. And, and you're doing it. You're making things happen. What do you think is the best part about what you're doing? I mean, out of all of it. Oh my goodness. Well, I got to say there's a little bit of perks. I mean, I'm going to, I mean, there's two things actually. So uh, one of them being a little bit about perks. We just did an interview in the second or the first week of April with BJ Thomas and the guy who sings raindrops keep falling on my head and hooked on a feeling that artist. And he's coming to perform actually uh, towards the end of the first week of April. And he said, are you coming to the show? I said, well, yeah, I'm coming to the show. I'm actually able to get to see. Cause sometimes I get to see them. Sometimes I can't cause other commitments and that stuff. And they're like, well, I want to shake your hand. I want to meet you. I want to like say thank you in person and that. So getting to see them before, after the show and a photo opportunity or whatever we can do with the Joe show. And they're very more than happy to do it. Most of them for the most part is uh, one of the greatest things to be able to be a part of, of a perk. The other thing is too, is that there are, and I actually did an interview with someone um, in this season where it's shows or TV shows, or even could be books that I don't read, or could be something I would never even heard of before, whether it would be a song or music. There's so many independent artists as well that are very, very talented that I would have never heard of. And being turned on to their music because their PR people are connecting with me to get them on the air for an interview to play their single and that as well. And to know that there's this talent and this great information out there of TV show or whatever it is that I would have never came across before. And now I'm listening and maybe they're even in my playlist too. I love what you're saying though. It's so true because there's so many wonderful people out there and we truly can miss the boat. And it is amazing when somebody reaches out to us in an area that we didn't know and we've allowed to expose ourselves this way, either through a PR agent or through a letter that we've received from them, a book that, like you said, or even some music. I recently received... Um, something for our network and I just was completely blown away by the artist and I just thought wow I I mean would have never guessed and it is it's refreshing it gives you a new perspective it's inspirational it's it's it is really neat and I'm really glad to hear you say that because we take for granted sometimes the world that we live in we don't realize how much other subcultures and cultures are out there that can really really brighten our world yeah and yeah, I love that. I well, even even too, like I, I've and I've experiences. I still do at, the, at some times like this too, where a PR agent will be an agent for multiple people and one big celebrity say that's really really big. And then the ones I've never heard of before in that nature, 
And so I just had a, a music PR agent say to me, and I forget who I was asking for. Cause it was a while ago in this past season, but they said, well, no, you can't interview that person right now. They're fully booked, but I have 10 other musicians that I also am an agent for. And I never heard any of these. Huh. And the, the musicians were just as talented if it was that big other one celebrity that that agent has. Uh-huh. So I never came across and because I said, yeah, I would like to interview them. I think they were shocked or whatever else, but I don't care if you're, as long as you're talented and you have a good story to tell and that, uh, that, that the product, whatever you're doing, whether it's TV show, music, whatever it is, is fantastic and, and, and a good message to it or whatever positive in it. Then yeah, I was like, absolutely. And got turned on like to 10 new music, new musicians were now on my playlist. See, I agree with you 100%, and I love doing that. And I think, too, it brings realism to different shows because it's not this, um, you know, facade out there. You've got real people doing real things, and that inspires people to be able to get out there and do things that they didn't think that they might reach the bar. You know, like, okay, well, I could never do that, or I'm not good enough, or maybe I, you know... I shouldn't try, but it gives people that just that little extra oomph, like, hey, I can do this too. Really, they, they actually have a talent or a good message, a good story or whatever the case may be. It needs to be heard. And so I love what you're saying. This is, this is really neat. How is it for you bridging that, you I mean, you've got two different countries here. How is that bridging the two for you? Yeah, so it, it is... Uh kind of neat i never would have thought i remember back when i first started with well even in the boat maybe three or four years into the station where it was like canada was my most listeners and then america was second and the numbers were always big in canada number was big in u.s too but canada was always on top number one and then that day when it switched when u.s was i'm like i'm losing canadian listeners now because i'm still canadian and that stuff there but the thing is is that obviously, and I never clued in, I don't know why, because I'm not great at math, but we only have 30 million and you have people have 300 million. So it's more <laughs> obviously like Canadians, but yeah, so that the, the listenership has been so great that, and that I wasn't losing Canadians, I was getting more Americans because I was getting more American talent, but because I don't know, a further northern Canada, we're pretty good with the listenerships across border country all along of the whole nation of Canada into the States. And then, of course, all down um, in your West Coast and East Coast and southern states there, too. But because the stations are so similar, so like your major networks like NBC and CBS okay. and stuff like that, the TV shows are still we're still seeing the same shows that's being aired on the major networks so it still can relate that way and then even too it works out where i've had a canadian author who has been trying to break into the american market and trying to get through american customers and now find and with being interviewed with our help finally getting that little bit of exposure and then hopefully can build on that to find a contact down there in the States to be like, look at it. And I have now have American sales and it's nice to know that we were that little push or help for that, that author say, and then I know that happened actually a couple times over the years too. So lots of opportunities for both you and your guest by being able to be dual country. This is pretty neat. Yeah. And and the other thing is too, which is really neat. Um, Cause you made a mention in the intro that I've won some awards, the, uh, the, the, the um, oh, heritage awards from the artist music guild. 
And that's down in North Carolina. I never, ever, and still to this day, have ever performed in the United States. But because now the power of the internet and what is able to be done, we were getting these American, and that's how I got ended up nominated for, first of all, I was nominated for the radio show, for best radio host. Mm-hmm. And... And then people look into it and they see on my website, then they see the comedy part and the entertainer part and then got nominated for uh, best comedian and one for best comedian, best radio talk show host. But again, I never was down in the States and performed except for the couple of times I went down for the awards show. I never performed. I just went down to be a part of it and that, but again, I would have never had that exposure if it wasn't for the internet and I can still do what I'm doing through the internet and not have to worry about getting a green card or anything else. And that stuff I can still, cause I come to the States quite a bit. I have family of States and that stuff. And I do love to border shop. You guys have better variety <laughs> of taste than we do here in Canada. But anyways, that I do go to the States quite a bit. And I always get questioned saying, do you entertain here? And I say, well, no, and they don't believe it. They go, this is a whole other market. I go, well, I got my market in Canada, but I have my other way to get to the States too. And like your show and being able to do videos and that, it's a really great big help and the, with the radio show too. I absolutely love it. And I love what you're doing. You have a lot of fun. I think your reach is fantastic. And I would love our audience to be able to connect and see what you're doing as well. Yeah, so, and I appreciate that. I really would like that because I, I think that, I mean, you making people laugh is really something special. And I think that my audience really needs it. I really encourage our, my audience to find something that they can do to help them move forward. And as soon as the show is over, in fact, you sometimes even while they're watching, but for right now, after the show, in this case. So if today they can go and find a way to laugh and, you know, find some joy in their day. And if it means that they, they're tuning into your every day and they're being able to laugh. And I mean, th- this is an important thing because it really changes the perception on how they look at day-to-day things, especially a lot of negative things that come in. And there's a lot of things going on in our world that really um, can can keep people down and I don't like that. So let's give them all of the information on how they can contact you and see your shows. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and to add on that too, I, I love the fact that when I, even when I get to entertain that um, you don't know in the audience who's had a bad day or what ended up in that person's life, what was going on in that nature. And so then at usually at the end of the show, not usually, but sometimes at the end of the show, I had someone come up to me and say, you know what? that made me laugh. I got away for like a 90 minutes or that 60 minutes and you, and you made my day brighter and thank you. And those little moments there, and even doing the radio show that or listening to an interview, if it gets them out of that funk, that bad mood or whatever this case may be, that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and making people laugh and enjoy their, uh, enjoy their time while they can uh, let it pass by, but they can hear the Joe show and see me, everything. The central base is Joe, crawfordlive.com j-o-e-c-r-a-w-f-o-r-d like cindy crawford but no relation live.com and then there they can follow along and see with the joe show we have a joe show tab 
and the Joe show ends up playing there through our player. And then there's also an archived section that's hyperlinked that people can check that out and hear all our past shows over the past, uh, since I think season 10 we have up there right now that the database was only allow us. Yeah. So, and then of course, Facebook, the, all the, all the social media is there. So I have Facebook, I have Twitter, the Joe show pages there as well. And then also too on Instagram, we do here in um, where we're located in Canada in the Niagara Falls area that every Monday through Friday, we do a one minute warrior weather update within that. We also add in, don't have to even be from the area. We add in, this is a play on words. Get your mind out of the gutter right now. It's called the daily Dick of the day. D Y K. Did you know? And it's, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's why I said, get your mind out of the gutter. And so that there's always a fun fact on there. And then we do end up giving away prizes as well. And you don't have to be from Canada or specifically from where we are located in the Niagara area. You can be in the States too. Uh, there's, we've given away cash prizes and other uh tangible prizes that are in your hand that uh, you can actually win and, and paraphernalia too of shirts and mugs and Joe show caps and stuff like that. So it doesn't matter where you live. The Joe show is accessible and available through joecrawfordlive.com and click on everything that's there, the social, the social database and then everything of me anyways, click on me basically. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing with us a little bit of things uh, about yourself and some things to also help us get a little bit of a laugh today. And thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, just before we go, I should say that uh, the Joe show can be heard also on Revealing Talk Radio. That's the actual radio station. And Perfect. so they do revealingtalkradio.com every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern and repeats four times a day. They can check that out. Rebecca, I greatly appreciate it. You're a darling. I'm going to get you on my show before we end uh, for the season to uh, talk with you and turn the tables around. Cause usually I don't get interviewed that much. So this is probably like, in, I can count as many times I've been interviewed in my life uh, on one hand, but I'm going to turn the tables on you and have you on my show. Well, I am so honored that you're here because I mean, I, I've been just dying to talk to you and I've been really excited about today's um, meeting. And I, I just, I, I wanted our our audience to be able to connect with you because like I said, I really want people to leave with the ability to go and laugh and be entertained and something a little bit more uplifting. And a lot of times we give a lot of tidbits for you know inspiration and things like that, being that that's the goal of my show is to help people have healthier, happier lives and, and things like that. But the big thing is we need things to help keep us laughing. Laughter is the best medicine. And you right now have the medicine in the cabinet, Joe. <laughs> Just call me Dr. Joe. <laughs> all right. All right. So thank you again. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. You can go to joecrawford.live, excuse me, joecrawfordlive.com. Definitely tune in. All of those links too will be with the article that is shared with this video. And I'd like to ask you to make sure to get this out to all of your friends, family, 
coworkers, and even those you don't know. Share it to all your extended friends and family and ask them to do the same. We'd appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today and make sure you get a little bit of laughter going in your world.